Welcome to Upside Down Mirror, one woman's true story of a twin flame journey, a reflection of true love, true hate, and everything in between, where everything and nothing matters at the same time. shatter as mirrors of shadows cut through indestructible layers testing the sands of time hello everyone and welcome to episode 19 of upside down mirror if you remember from the last episode we just got over new year's and i had referenced an upcoming ceremony that i will talk about that was life-changing however prior to that things started to fall back in into normalcy or rather the same patterns as we had before. We had our ups and downs and we were still learning. Ryan, he went back and decided to visit his hometown in Missouri. So I was in my hometown and he was in his hometown. I was driving down the road one day and I looked at my rings because at this point, like I'd said, Sean had found them in the woods with a metal detector and gave them, given them back to me, and they just didn't feel right. So I was very calm, very collected, pulled over the side of the road and just took my rings and threw them deep into the woods. And I felt very relieved, actually. And then later on, whenever... I went back home. I just told him very calmly what I did. I said I wasn't angry. I said, but, you know, that wasn't the way I believe that you and I should have entered into this union with the whole proposal, the whole marriage. So if you decide that you want to stay married to me, if you decide that you want to go through with this marriage, then it's going to be completely up to you to buy me new rings and to do it right, but I'm not going to stress you out about it. He looked a little bit hurt. He said, okay, I understand. He took his rings off, or rather his ring, he only has one ring. He took his ring off for a couple days and then he came back to me and he said, I just don't feel right without it. He goes, I, I want my, my wedding ring, I'm gonna wear mine. Then all of a sudden, about a month later, my husband had gotten notification that his best friend from England, and they had been best friends since elementary school, his best friend's wife, who they had been married ever since they met when, when he was 17, his, his best friend's name is Paul, married his wife early in their 20s, and now he was about 53 years old, his wife 
eventually ended up dying of, of cancer. And this was devastating news for my husband because he had been very close with, with both of them. And he talked to his best friend every day. So of course we cleared our schedules and we made preparations to go to England, myself, Sean, and our daughter Willow to go to his best friend's funeral. I had always been under the impression, just speaking with my husband, that all English people have a hard time expressing their feelings and showing affection or being vulnerable and admitting, you know, at least the men, you know, how much they're in love. You know, it makes them look, I guess, like they're weak or quote unquote, that they're a pussy. You know, that's kind of the impression that I had gotten from my husband just listening to him talk about him and his friends. However, when we made the journey to England and I was finally able to have the pleasure of meeting his best friend, I was so pleasantly surprised. He had a really healthy ability to communicate his feelings in reference to his wife. We spent a very long time talking about her and his feelings in reference to her passing and the afterlife, and he was able to show his emotions. I'm going to backtrack right now, and I promise there's a point to it, but when I was young, I mean, oddly young, maybe not even 10, I knew the whole purpose of life was to truly be in love. I knew how important true love is to every single human being. If you're truly in love with yourself, you're going to be truly in love with somebody else. And if there's true love all over the world, no one's going to be focused on fighting. There's not going to be any war. So I just knew true love is everything and it was one of the if I if I had any weakness and I'm gonna call it a weakness it was that it was seeing true love bring grief to somebody that's been my one vulnerability or weakness or soft point or whatever you want to call it ever since I can remember if I had my way everybody around me would be truly in love if I could take everybody in, in a wake, which I'm trying, and prepare them for that ultimate true love relationship, that would make me so very happy. Because once again, that opens the divine feminine and masculine, masculine portals. And as I was talking with Paul and talking about him and his wife, they were very much in love and they had created a beautiful life together. They had a daughter and a, a grandson and something that they could wake up to every day and look forward to a beautiful vacation house but not only that just a life full of love he had his passions she had hers you know i was very happy just to even hear about his life and taking another detour which once again this is all going to come together is i believe covid and i was told that covid or any illness really only attaches and tries to purge shadow energy. So when your body produces an illness, 
you know, it's it's in reference to the illumination field, your energy field around you, and it thinks it's working for you. You have just got to help the whole process. So COVID and that illness would get in through guilt, doubt, shame, fear, you know, anything where you have a lower frequency that you're holding. Well, during that funeral, and I've been to a lot of funerals, I was expecting a normal funeral where I can walk out of the place and not feel totally like I'm just going to fall to pieces. You know, I haven't had anyone really, really, really close to me pass away. My dad passed away, but he was a alcoholic and him and I weren't that close. My grandfather passed away. Him and I were very, very close, but he passed away of old age and he had dementia for a while and we were kind of expecting it. So I hadn't had anything where, you know, I was completely left grief stricken. Well, when I went to that funeral and watched his expression, his reactions, his daughter's reactions, and then he went up and started talking about his wife and how she was his soulmate and how much he loved her and she's never going to be replaced you know and he was he was crying and he was being vulnerable and he was expressing his feelings i could feel every single thing he was feeling all of the energy and it was like it went deep inside of probably my worst fears which is being that much in love and then having that person taken away i remember just leaving there just feeling kind of numb, numb for what he was going through. We went to the reception after the funeral and, you know, I spoke with, with Paul, which was Sean's best friend, you know, whose wife died. And, you know, and I, I was talking to him, giving him my condolences. And he said, you know, you, I've made Sean a really happy man. I've never seen him this happy, which meant a lot to me because I didn't really know about his past relationships or what to compare it to. But on the same note, we were at a table later that evening and Paul says to me, we didn't even get to see a picture of your wedding day Sean refused to send us any pictures of you or him or of your wedding, which I didn't know how to take that. Once again, I felt like, oh my, he was ashamed. And I just looked at him a little confused because they're all laughing. They said they didn't think I was real. And I said, why wouldn't you send them a picture of me? His face turned red and he said that he was embarrassed because he thought he looked fat in the wedding photos. Once again, it just kind of started fitting with everything else. And I'm thinking, wow, I wonder how much this man truly was in love with me when we got married. I only had about three days total that I was in England because I had to fly back for a ceremony that I was going to do with Ryan and then my husband and Willow were just going to stay for a few more days and then fly back a little bit after me because they wanted to visit his mother. Of course, I got to meet his mother and 
she was a little different. She had a very hard time with showing affection. You know, at one point she looked at me and said, oh, I guess Niall seems very happy. You know, he does have Willow. And she looked at me and said, and I guess he seems happy with you as well. But the way she said it was almost as though she was disappointed that he was happy with me. I could tell she really didn't like the fact that he was with anybody because on our wedding day, she posted a post on Facebook where weddings don't work out, how terrible they are, how terrible marriage is, and she did it the exact day that we were married. So I could feel the resistance that she had for me and almost the insecurity she had that that would take the love that Sean had for her away. We decided to take advantage of the couple days that I had there and we went to France. So we scheduled a trip to France. We actually had a really good time. We went on the Eiffel Tower. We took Willow to see some sights, went to some good dinners, uh, came back and that next day I got on an airplane and flew back to the United States in preparation for the ceremony, still feeling that feeling of grief from what I had just experienced with Paul losing such a true love in his life. At that time, you could definitely not fly out without getting a COVID test. So I had to get a COVID test within 24 hours of flying that said, hey, I was good. You know, I didn't have COVID. I land. The next day I wake up. Sean tells me that practically everyone at that funeral had COVID. All of his friends, he has it. Paul even had it. The only person who doesn't have it is Willow. And I was like, wow, that is a powerful strain of COVID. But then I remembered, you know, how COVID travels through all the sadness, through grief, through those shadow energies. So I could definitely see that that was happening and wondering why, you know, I didn't get it because of how sad I had felt during that time. But regardless, that made Sean stay in England for 10 more days when he was going to come home in a couple days with my daughter Willow. And then Willow had to stay with her grandmother, which was Sean's mother. During this ceremony that Ryan and I had, there was a general theme. And that was, of course, the theme of intimacy. There was a couple that walked in and they basically were on the verge of divorce. She looked at me and she said, I don't even know if I want to be here. She's like, I don't think anything can help. She's like, tantra anything. She's like, I almost just want to leave. And I told her, you know, let's just give this a chance. There was probably about 10 people at the ceremony altogether. She agreed, but this is what really sticks out in my mind. Because around this time, I'm starting to feel a little bit feverish. I can feel some symptoms coming on thinking, I bet you soon when I take a COVID test, it's probably going to be positive. Because I knew that I was open for COVID to get in because of that grief that I was feeling and my own fears of getting close to someone just in case I lose them, like what happened with his friend, Paul. But sitting there, 
the the girl's husband, he had taken two or three glasses of ayahuasca within like two or three hours apart, and he wasn't really feeling anything. And intuitively, I looked at his ring on his finger. It was his wedding ring. And I said, you have to take that off. And he's like, really? And I said, yeah, I'm just getting this feeling. So he took the ring off of his finger. And within probably 10 seconds after taking the ring off of his finger, everything hit him at once. One of the issues that that this woman had with her husband was he was very quiet definitely could not express himself. So when she looked at him, she thought of him as kind of a pushover. Didn't have much to say. You know, he's not stepping into his power, taking up for her, not giving his opinions about things, rather being too submissive is what she thought. When he released, he broke down to the point where he was uncertain what was even going on, shaking, crying, convulsing, releasing. It's like he had the weight of the world on his shoulders, holding burdens and suffering and trauma for for not just what went on in his life, but all of his ancestors as well. All of his fears of not being that perfect man for her, all of his fears of not being able to take care of his wife, they just came to the surface. But what really came to the surface was how strong he really was, how strong he really is. When he was able to let go of the fear of exposing himself and step into his power, his wife be able to see, she was able to see his strength beyond measure. And how that happened was around that same time she starts to have reactions because you know everything's happening in the way it needs to and then she starts to go through some stuff that of course she feels like she's losing herself she no longer feels in control but she had had a breast cancer pattern that we were working on and so during that time we had actually really worked on that breast cancer pattern and she was on the floor and she was crying and it was really cool because the only thing that really felt perfect to her was when he came over and took her into his arms and so the whole entire night and there was so much more to it i could probably do a whole episode or more on everything that happened that night but when she went through it he was there And when he went through it, she was there and they connected on levels that they didn't even think was possible for them. And he opened up in ways that she had never seen. And she opened up in ways that he had never seen. And they were crying and hugging each other. And this, you know, this was a while ago. And they had actually said to me the next day, they're like, we, you know, we're going to get remarried. And they did. They actually renewed their wedding vows. But during that whole process, because this is all about intimacy, right? I remember that night, Ryan and I connecting and working, working together beautifully. And once again, me having those same feelings. But it was this night that I looked in the mirror and I was like, wow, Rebecca, look at you and your fear of intimacy. 
your fear of intimacy, because remember, everything's a mirror. This isn't Ryan's fault. It's not Sean's fault that you that you're unable to get where you want. It's your fault, and it's showing with all of the weight that you're holding. I had noticed that through all of this that was happening, I had gained quite a bit of weight. I was definitely about 50 pounds overweight at that point, and I remember feeling sick to my stomach, and I remember, okay, I need to do something about this. So, of course, after the ceremony, was over everybody went home I was in the house alone at that point because my daughter and husband were in England and Ryan went back to where he was living and then of course I got COVID because that was what I needed to purge I needed to purge this intimacy stuff you know being at the funeral attaching to that fear and that devastation that Paul felt losing his wife and then seeing that couple, how much they loved each other and just feeling all of that brought up a huge purge within me, which I knew that COVID was going to help me to release. So COVID for me was not severe at all. It for me felt like I just needed to lay in bed and and sleep for a few days and process but I knew that I was able to work through those energies. These energies needed to come out. And then what was facing me was my weight. I was looking at someone in the mirror who I did not even want to look at. And I can promise you now recording this, you know, I'm at a weight that I haven't been at since early in my 20s so I've already worked through everything that weight is not about the food you eat it's really about these energies that I'm talking about it's about fear of exposure it's about fear of attaching fear of intimacy it's about our belief systems in reference to what we eat how we're feeling when we eat the food and you know I go into that in awake but there's so much to losing weight that people don't realize you know food once again is the same construct with energy as money is you have to put the right energy around it you can't use it for the wrong reasons and what I'd realized is is when you gain weight whatever you're going through while you're gaining the weight that's trapped in the fat cells you're releasing when you start to release that weight and then sometimes you don't want to go through that again so then you sabotage your own weight loss so you also have to be cognizant of that and and do kundalini yoga and do energy work while you're in the process of losing weight revisit your relationship to food of course intimacy is a huge thing etc etc speaking of weight after about 10 days my husband and daughter come home and I looked at my daughter and I was literally in shock remember she's about probably four years old at this point you know she is four years old at this point and in the 10 days she stayed with his mother 
she gained seven pounds. And for a five-year-old, that is a lot. And I knew right then she's like me as a child because my sisters were very, very skinny. We had the same diet. I was a tomboy. I played football, rode bikes. And I would get very, I was very large when I was a child at some point because it just, I was like, I was soaking in everything. And I realized that what ever happened at his mom's house, because Sean couldn't be there, Willow soaked all of that in. And of course I was in shock and I asked him, what happened? What happened to Willow? And he went into the diet, you know, well, mom didn't really have that much to do with her, but cook and, he, and she fed her a lot of snacks. And I was like, well, we had worked very hard on raising Willow. And when she would eat chocolate cake, we didn't make her think that was any different than eating an apple because I think that belief systems are everything when it comes to food. If you're little and you're constantly being told that this food's going to make you gain weight, well, then you're going to believe it. So we made sure to have a good balance with Willow where she could eat chocolate cake, she could eat the things that were healthy, and she wouldn't feel bad about herself when she did it. And it was working until this happened. She just ballooned out. So then I also knew, okay, there's so much more to the relationship that Sean has with his mom than what I knew about, which fit into this whole intimacy thing that we had been going through. The trip to England itself actually made us closer in a lot of aspects, just being around his friends and getting to see these lifelong relationships that he's had because he had these five best friends that he's been friends with ever since elementary school. And when I watched him around his friends, he was so happy and he was so authentic. And I watched him in his own culture and, you know, he was very affectionate to me. He seemed to like the fact that, you know, that I, I, I loved being a part of that. So I think, you know, he would take my hand and look in my eyes and hug me and just say how grateful he was that, you know, that I'm his wife and then, you know, that he was proud to be married to me. So I think the whole trip to England in general actually made us closer, but I could see that it was very eye-opening and it had brought out that the COVID for me and for him. And now these intimacy issues were coming out as I was trying to release this weight. So I started off because things work bi-directionally. You can work on the energy and the weight can start to come off or you could do something like keto and energy at the same time and then it's both working together because really it's the fat cells that hold that stagnant energy so if you're going to do like a keto diet to kickstart yourself just the keto diet in itself is going to release the the fat cells and then you knowing that these emotions are going to come out or these feelings or this energy is going to come out you can start to work and pull that energy out and do kundalini yoga at the same time and it starts to work together at this point ryan had came back down to our hometown and he had to stay for a bit to get something done and he was coming over every single day working out with me doing the keto and working with me because he also through the process of what him and I were going through in this relationship, Brian had gained probably just as much weight as I had. Sean, he had gained some weight, but not as much of the Ryan I had. So, you know, at this point, it was just really Ryan and I working on our weight. But I remember 
being very grateful that Ryan was there for me. He would come every single day. We would work out together. We would do the keto together because it's kind of hard to do keto when everybody else was around you eating. And, you know, this lasted for a few weeks and it got me into a really good point. It got me kickstarted in the process. Now, this next ceremony that I'm going to talk about is the transformational one that I was saying at the end of last episode that I know changed everything. You know, Ryan had went back home just for probably about five days uh, before we were to do a ceremony in Sedona with private clients. He was visiting his daughter in Missouri, which meant that he would also be visiting his wife at that time. And every single time he went back to visit his wife, he went through very similar things as me. And he started to have these feelings, thinking, you know, maybe he didn't give her a chance. Maybe she's the one. So then he would have a different energy when he when he came back as well. But we were meeting straight in Sedona. Sedona is magical. When I'm there and I look at Sedona, it definitely does not look like the planet Earth. It almost looks like a landing pod to me. If you were to look at it, step back and look at it, like that's the pod that some sort of spaceship is supposed to be landing on or it does land on. Him and I had a few days to ourselves before and after the ceremony so that we could get prepared and then rest adequately before we came home. And the energy between us was a little distant because I could tell he was going through whatever he needed to go through with his with his wife at that point. And then if I was, you know, thinking about Sean and, and my connection with him and we were just feeling a little dissonance. But we were still, you know, doing things together. One of the things I remember about that trip that was really sweet was we had taken a hike up to the birthing canal cave in Sedona, which we actually took the long way to get there. And we got up there and there was a tree and I could hear the tree talking, but there was a sign that was hammered to the tree and I could hear the pain of the tree and I could hear the tree saying, you know, please take this sign off of me. It hurts me. And the sign said something very obvious, like no arson. You know, people who are going to be in Sedona and hike the Birthing Canal Cave probably aren't going to do the things that the sign said to do, not to do anyways. So I thought it was really sweet of Ryan because he agreed that we could hike back down, go to the hardware store, get whatever hardware we needed, hike back up and remove the sign. So that was quite a journey for us. But I remember thinking, okay, this is, I'm with a really sweet guy who, who would actually consider doing that with me. It was really neat though, because I swear after we did that, we could hear the trees talking to us and we actually felt a closer relationship with the trees. So then the ceremony started and we had the best four clients that you could ever imagine. We had two couples that were there 
once again, the whole intimacy and, and getting closer. They wanted to create their heaven on earth. So it was right up the alley of what we were trying to do for ourselves anyway. So it worked out perfect teaching these couples Tantra. And one of the couples, especially, I had picked up that she had baby in her field. So before she even went and started to practice the Tantra with her significant other, I talked to her about that. And she said, well, Rebecca, I'm in my 40s and I just feel like I'm too old to have a baby. And then I told her, no, not at all. That is all a belief system. And if you believe you're too old, then your body's going to start to react that way. And there's so much stuff we can do around that. And her and I worked on fertility issues and worked on her belief systems and exposure. And then she went off and she started to, to work with her significant other. And then we had started to work with the other two people and we worked on all the, everything they needed to work on. Then we let them do some work on themselves as well. One of the things that we do in ceremony that I find just absolutely magical is we put on a playlist. We used to have completely planned playlists, but we put on a playlist on Spotify, like an ayahuasca playlist that could be hundreds of songs. And the universe will always pick the right song at the right time. And that's just part of the magic that happens because you've got hundreds of songs, you know, Definitely all of those songs aren't playing and we've got many, many, many different playlists. So we're outside by the fire, just observing, you know, waiting for them to do their work and come out as needed. And she comes out and she's all smiles and she's talking about how, you know, the two of them worked out so much about his ex and her ex and what it would be like to have a baby together. And as she was talking, over the playlist came the words it was it was part of a song i actually think it was part of maybe it was one of prince's songs where you hear mommy mommy so she was literally talking about how they were trying to create this child and all of a sudden you hear over all the speakers mommy mommy and we just looked at each other and she's like oh my god she's like you can't even make this up she's like this is so so magical and just at that time they went in and they started to do more work on each other and the other couple comes out and they're telling us how all of this magnificent stuff is happening to them how they're able to work on each other's bodies as their hands are heating up how they're you know reading each other's minds telepathically how they're practicing the tantra techniques with breathing each other's breath in and then she looks at me and this is the transformational piece I was talking about. She said, you need to go lie under those stars right now. She said, I don't know why. She's like, but the two of you have to go lie under those stars and look up at them. And I, and normally I, I wouldn't do that because I'm kind of always on the lookout for the clients. And she goes, we are all fine. She goes, you need to do this. So him and I go lie down and we're looking at the stars and I'm not even really thinking too much of it. But then I hear, find your mothership star. And I said, well, how do you do that? And I heard, go to the field of your heart because your heart is your mothership. Your heart is your command center. It is your mothership. Go to the field of your heart. And when you're connected, 
I want you to notice the star that shines for you. So she was, you know, well, my guide was telling me to do this, which is the higher part of me, and to also to tell Ryan to do this. So I said, okay, let's find our mothership star. And then I heard, okay, now put your intentions out there, which is, you know, him and I are both trying to figure out what's happening in our lives. You know, is he for me? Am I for him? Am I supposed to be with my husband? Is he supposed to go back to his his wife who he was thinking about divorcing? You know, we have all these questions. So we heard, don't have any expectations, but just put your intentions out there. There's so much that can happen that we are unaware of. And I was like, okay. And the way the stars were moving, so we had our mothership star, and all of the stars were moving very fast, like spaceships and and diagonals all around us. It's like I've never seen anything like it before. Anything. Or I've never seen anything like it since either. And I was like, oh my gosh. And I was super excited. I was like, can you see this, Ryan? And he's like, yeah. And then I heard my guidance say, this is what they mean by the stars align for you. So with you and him connecting your mothership, which is the field of your heart, to your mothership star, you're letting the stars right now align to make everything happen in exactly the way it needs to be. And now I even use that as a technique in, in play, which is a, a part of a wake that I do. So right after that happened, we got up, we continued to work with our clients, and then everybody went to bed. But what I noticed was, is him and I felt very different about one another. At that point, I actually said to him, look at me, look at me and tell me if you think that I'm the one for you. And then he said, no, no, Rebecca, I don't think you're the one for me. And then at the same time, he said, I don't think my wife's the one for me either. I think it's someone that's about to come. And I wasn't hurt. I felt kind of like a relief, like some big burden had been taken off of me. And then we agreed. We agreed that we still unconditionally loved each other. We we're still going to be the best of friends. But at that moment, we had decided, you know, we are not the one for each other, quote unquote, the one, you know, the two people that are supposed to be married in this, in this lifehood. So the next morning when we woke up, we still felt the same way. We cleaned up. We said goodbye to our clients. We stayed an extra couple of days just to kind of get our sleep. And then we got on an airplane and went home. Both of us were still a little confused because we would go back and forth. You know, he would say things like, well, when I said you weren't the one, I meant it at that time, but then things can always change. So it was still a little bit gray, but we were definitely in a different space. I will continue the story in episode 20 of Upside Down Mirror.